Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Shreddy's Take podcast. This is a podcast related to all things movies and filmmaking. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Shreddy. And it's been a while, people. I don't remember when I did my last episode. I want to say it was like back in April, maybe early May. I don't really remember. But I'm back and I'm hopefully going to get this thing a little more regular than what I've been doing. As you guys know from previous podcasts that I am doing a lot of editing work. I've been fortunate to hire a couple freelancers on my team to kind of help me, which one of them is going to be editing this podcast, Ethan. Of course, I'm going to give him some credit, put his social media tags in the description of this because I believe in crediting my editors, unlike a lot of people out there. So yeah, let's get this thing going. So what's today's topic? We're going to be talking about five things I wish I knew before becoming a freelancer. Now, for those who don't know, maybe this is your first time listening. I am a freelance video editor. I I call myself a content creator too, but I edit video for a lot of YouTubers, companies, Pretty much anything related to video editing, I do. I don't do like animations or anything like that. But as far as just video editing goes, I I can pretty much put together anything. There hasn't been any sort of project that a client has brought to me that I haven't been able to accomplish. So I've been doing that full time since August of 2020. I lost my job back in the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020. And I've been trying to get this thing going ever since. Uh, I've actually been doing it part-time since 2013, kind of off and on. I let my, my day job was more of my regular gig. And I kind of put everything as far as like my filmmaking or video career as like a a secondary to say the least. So now I'm doing it full-time since I lost my job. And so far, so good. So I wanted to, since I've been doing this for almost a year now, I kind of wanted to make a video about just five things I wish I knew before becoming a freelancer because freelancing is a very hot topic right now and a lot of people are looking to get into it or make it a side hustle. So I wanted to kind of educate you guys on just some of the things I've learned along the way. If you guys could do me a huge favor, subscribe to this podcast. If you're watching the video on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I do have some affiliate links in the description. I do have a movie out. If you guys could help me out, that'd be great. But that is all I'm going to be plugging for this entire episode. Okay, so the first thing that I wish I knew is that you don't clock in or out. So I used to work at a movie theater and basically would clock in and out for shifts just like anybody else. I would typically work eight hours, five days a week, go in at like 5 p.m., work until 1 a.m. Usually that was my regular schedule for the most part. With freelancing, that's a lot different. Sometimes I could be working eight hours, but that's spread out through the entire day. Sometimes I might work like 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., take a break for a while if I don't really have anything going on, work for a few more hours after that, take another break, work a few more hours after that. That's one of the the definite blessings and curses of being a freelancer because it can be really exhausting working a lot of those longer shifts. And one of the things that I kind of knew that I was that was going to happen going into this is that you're pretty much going to have to work seven days a week. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but if you're trying to make this like a a full-time thing, you're definitely going to have to work seven days a week if you want to be successful at that. And a lot of the work you're not going to get paid for. A lot of the things I do behind the scenes 
For a long time before I hired a bookkeeper, I was doing bookkeeping myself or you're having to apply for jobs. You're not getting paid to do that. Sometimes you even have to pay to do those kinds of things. So there's a lot of extra work or talking to clients too. That's another another big thing. I have to answer a lot of client questions that I don't get paid for. You know, those are, that's something you want to factor in because it, it can be exhausting and it can be very, very mentally draining. It's not for everybody. So it's, it's just something that you want to consider. This isn't a regular job. It's something you you essentially own your own business. You're the boss. You're the number one. You're the one that clients are going to come to. Or if you have freelancers under you, they're the ones that have to come to you. You definitely need to have some sort of leadership skills if you want to be successful with this. So that's definitely a big thing that I would keep in mind if this is something that you're wanting to do. The second thing that I wish I knew is that you won't be getting a weekly check. A lot of the the payments as far as being a freelancer is you might, some jobs might only pay monthly. Sometimes jobs only pay weekly. Sometimes jobs pay daily. I mean, it really just depends on the client. So for example, a lot of my work right now comes through Upwork and sometimes it might be two weeks before I get paid for a job. It really just depends because you, you're not going to get paid like you're clocking in, in and out from work and then you get your, your paycheck every two weeks or whatever. You know, you might not get paid until this job is completed. Sometimes the clients, I have clients right now that it's in their contracts that once I send an invoice to them, they have up to 30 days to pay it. So it could be an entire month where you get paid. I have other freelancing friends who work for like content houses and stuff like that. And they pay like a monthly fee. So once a month, you know, you get a fee. It's, it's almost kind of like a retainer. If you're familiar with that, a lot of lawyers have retainer fees that they bill against. But, you know, a lot of these places, they just want to pay once a month, I'm guessing, because it's easier than paying once a week. It really just depends. I'm fortunate enough to where I work for a lot of places that do pay weekly, so I don't really have that problem, but it is something that you want to account for. A way to help alleviate a lot of the stresses as far as when you get paid is, and this kind of gets more into some of the, I'm not a financial advisor, by the way, but as a freelancer, I think it's, it's something that definitely needs to be discussed is that you should have some sort of money cushion, what's technically called an emergency fund. So they they typically say, like the experts, you know, anybody, any of the gurus, any of the financial gurus always say, build up at least three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund just in case something happens. Six months minimally, if you're a freelancer, is probably best. But I would even go as far as saying you might want to build up to 12 months, a whole year of an emergency fund as far as your expenses go. That's completely up to you. I would definitely say six months minimally. You could be going through times where you might not get a lot of work. You you might run into a situation where you don't find a job for a couple of weeks or you have a slow week or anything like that. Like right now, I've been very fortunate to where I have enough clients to where all of my payments balance out pretty well. But I have a client right now that I was doing a lot of work for every week and I haven't heard from them in two weeks. So that's two weeks that I haven't been paid from this person because they just haven't had any work for me. That's definitely something you want to consider and having a decent money cushion in your bank account and you want that to be liquid. 
not like stocks or anything like that. You want to have that in a high interest savings account that you can pull out easily if something were to happen. Like I said, if you have a lot of clients that you're able to bounce around with, a lot of your stresses are going to be taken care of, but that is something that you want to consider just because there can be times when it can get tough. The first few months that I was doing this, I wasn't getting a lot of work. Fortunately, I had something else to make money with to where that wasn't really an issue. But if this was my only thing and I had more and, and if I didn't have that emergency fund, I probably would have been screwed. Luckily, I never had to dip into that. But I know there are a lot of people that aren't as financially responsible as I am or, you know, just have different situations than me. So it's just something you want to think about before you become a freelancer or while you're doing this. That could be a good reason why you keep a day job too, because you can build up that cushion while you're working on building up your portfolio. That could be really advantageous. That's pretty much what I did. So once August came around and I started getting a lot of client work, I didn't really have to worry about where money was coming from because I did have a fairly large cushion that I could fall back on if push came to shove. Another thing you want to think about when it comes to like just money in general with freelancing, and I'll talk about this a little bit more because it's another one of my bullet points, is you want to account for platform fees and taxes because when you're working a day job, they're taking the taxes out for you, and that's not happening with freelancing. You're responsible for that all on your own. you got to pay taxes every couple months. You have to figure out how much you have to pay. I mean, it can be really exhausting, but it's something you're going to have to do if you want to be successful with this. All right, the third thing I wish I knew before becoming a freelancer it's hard to find work even when you're good. I talked about this a little bit in previous episodes on the podcast about how long it took me to find consistent work. I'll, I'll go over that briefly again because I don't want to I don't want returning listeners you know to hear the same story over and over and over again. but I started trying to find work more seriously after I lost my job, like I said, and it took me. 75 proposals, 75 proposals on Upwork, just Upwork. I was looking for work on Fiverr and you can't really submit too many proposals on Fiverr unless you have a lot of gigs, which I didn't know. But I did submit, like I was looking for a lot of work on Craigslist as well. So I want to say that I at least submitted a hundred or so proposals on Upwork or emails on Craigslist before I landed one gig on Upwork. And that it took me a few months to do that. I was pretty much spending almost all of my free time looking for work day in and day out. It was really, really frustrating. I got tired of trying to find gigs and I gave up. I actually gave up a couple of times throughout the process, but eventually it happened. And these days I fill out proposals maybe once or twice a week. If I find a gig that comes my way that I really like, or if I just find something on one of the platforms that I'm interested in, but I don't fill out many proposals to date. And I'm very fortunate about that just because I have so many consistent gigs. But like I said, just know that it's it's hard to find gigs even when you're good. Like I still get ghosted a lot on a lot of projects. One, I've complained about this before, but one of the most frustrating things as far as filling out proposals is when somebody invites you to a job and then they don't get back to you. It's like, what's the point? What was the point in asking me to apply to your job if you aren't going to reply to me? That's very, very frustrating. But 
conversation for a different time. This is kind of like a side tip, but you, you want to be a little mentally strong. It's not really you, you know, you're just not going to be the right fit sometimes for some jobs and that's okay. And a lot of these jobs that you're going to have to look for are going to be crappy anyway. So it could be a saving grace. Just keep applying to stuff. Eventually you're going to find work that's fitting for your skill set and what you're looking for. And that actually leads me into the fourth thing that I wish I knew is that the algorithm for all of these freelancing platforms, Upwork, Fiverr, Contra, etc., is that it's a numbers game. I learned that very, very quick. It is 100% a numbers game when it comes to these platforms. So you need to be applying to any gig, even if you don't, don't want to do it. You might have to do a bunch of crappy jobs at first that you don't want to do. That's what I did. I, I can tell you about some that I did in the beginning. I was getting paid like $20 to do some of these videos. And right now with some of my freelancers, the pay is pretty low, but I'm only asking them to do like an hour's worth of work. I'm talking when I'm getting paid $20 to do these videos from some of my other clients is I'm working four or five hours on these videos, making three to $5 an hour. It, it was insane and very, very frustrating. I did a lot of those jobs, but because I did all of those jobs, it built my portfolio. I got reviewed. I had testimonies that I could put on my portfolio. Like there's, you, you kind of have to look at what you're doing in sort of a bigger picture aspect. I know the main thing with any job is to make money, but this is especially true when it comes to this kind of work. You really have to look into the future, how what you're doing now is going to affect your future. The biggest theory that I had as far as when it comes to becoming a successful freelancer is that if you can find a few good, consistent jobs, you're going to be set. But if you're turning down a lot of work because you just don't want to do it, you're not building your portfolio and those places aren't going to see you. So like, for instance, my biggest employer right now, my biggest client found me. I didn't find them. They came to me. They asked me to apply to this job. Now, if I didn't do a bunch of work that I had on my portfolio up until that point, they probably would have never considered me. If I only had one or two videos, how is that going to show my skill sets? I can tell them that I've been doing this for 10 or so years or that I've been editing since I was 12 years old. But if you're going to talk the talk, you got to be able to walk the walk too. And unfortunately, that means you got to have portfolio work. I did have a lot of portfolio work, but I didn't have a lot of corporate work either. I had a lot of films and stuff like that, which is great if you want to work on other films. But if you're trying to get the paid corporate work that I was doing or just like the YouTuber work, you got to do that kind of stuff. And a lot of the times it means lower paying gigs until you can find something decent. It sucks, but it's kind of a hard truth. All right, the fifth thing that I wish I knew before becoming a freelancer, and this is the one that probably frustrates me the most, is that the fees on some of these freelancing platforms just suck. And it's something that you're just going to have to deal with. Most of the platforms such as Upwork and Fiverr take at least 20%, which is a lot, especially when you're considering taxes. So for instance, when it comes to taxes in my state, which is Indiana, so you got your federal tax, which I just assume that I'm going to be making under 40,000 this year, could be making a little bit more, 
but I kind of estimated at 12% for the federal. Indiana tax is like 3.23%. And then they have county tax, which in my county is 0.5%. And then you got the self-employed taxes, which is the Medicare tax and the I'm forgetting what the other one is, but um, Medicare and something else. But, the, you know, you got the two, which is like 12.4%, I think, which normally that would be cut in half if you are working for somebody because they pay half, but because you're your own employer, you have to pay those taxes as well. For instance, if I work like a $100 job, I got the 20% being taken out. So that's $80. And then whatever I just said, so about 25 to 30% in just regular taxes. So that's another $25 right there. So I'm left with, well, what's the math on that? I think I said, so 40, $45. So that leaves me with $55 on a $100 job after Upwork or Fiverr takes their fees and then I pay my taxes, which kind of sucks. It really, really sucks. So that's something you want to factor that into your pricing. That's why you want to do a lot of jobs. Now, those those fees and these taxes are being taken out, but don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to discourage anybody from that because if you seen or listened to my last episode, you know that I'm making at least five grand a month doing this, and that's five grand a month after Upwork takes all their fees. So it's absolutely possible to do this. You are just going to have to hustle and hustle a lot, which can be very, very exhausting. But like I said, it's just, you got to take all these things into consideration when you're factoring in your pricing. Now, I know I just said in the previous little bullet point that you're going to have to take some crappy jobs that only pay, you know, a crappy wage. It's at some point it's, it's just going to suck. Like the beginning of this sucks, but once you get it figured out, it's going to be very, very rewarding which actually leads me, that was all five of them, but that leads me into, I got a bonus one because it's not really something I wish I knew before. It's something that I kind of figured was going to be a thing. My bonus thing that I wish I knew before becoming a freelancer is that it is 100% worth it. This is the most rewarding thing I've ever done as far as my career. I get to be my own boss. I get to set my own hours. I get to pretty much do whatever I want which is absolutely insane. I never ever thought that I was going to be able to work full time as a content creator. I'm a small town, small city kid who just had a huge dream of making movies or just being able to work in the space in general and pretty much being able to do whatever I want and I'm making that happen. When people ask me like five years ago, if you were to ask me like, what is my biggest goal in life? I think most people who know me would assume it's to become a, a filmmaker, to be a big Hollywood director. Now, that would be really, really awesome. Don't get me wrong. I still have aspirations to make movies, but that's kind of changed over the years. Now, my biggest goal is to be financially free so I can do things like that. I want to be able to do whatever I want, when I want, without anybody's permission, and once I started doing this full time, this freelancing thing, it started to click a little bit more. And I really thought to myself, I might actually be able to make this work. It started really slow in the beginning. It took a lot of time to get things going. But once they did, they kind of just rocket shipped or as the as the kids say these days, it went to the moon. I'm probably not on the moon right now. 
but I'm definitely very, very close to breaking the atmosphere. So it, it's just kind of crazy how much this took off. So if you're really passionate about this, this you really want to make this happen, you can do it. Like I'm, I'm a nobody. I really am a nobody at the end of the day. I have like 140 subscribers on my channel right now. And I'm still able to do this, talk out of my butt for 30 minutes, have 10 people listen to my podcast and still make a living out of my filmmaking and video career. Not a lot of people can say that. It's going to be very hard to do this if you don't have, if you don't put your heart and soul into it. This is definitely not a career that you're going to be able to half-ass and just do whenever you have free time. Like it, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of work getting this going and it's a lot of work where I'm at right now. And I know it's going to be even more work once I start growing. I'm okay with that. I have the dedication towards it. I have the drive towards it, but I know not everybody's like me. If you want to just make a couple bucks here and there, there's nothing wrong with that too, but it's just not going to be super sustainable. Just something to keep in mind. I, I can't tell you there's, there's nothing else that I'd rather be doing right now. I'm definitely where I want to be for the most part. I'd say like 90%. There's some things I wish I could change and I'm taking steps towards being able to change that. So, and I wasn't able to do that before in my career. There's so many things that I'm able to do now doing this than I was working a regular job. And it's kind of insane. So hopefully you found this a little bit helpful. Hopefully you found this a little inspiring. I'd love to know your stories and how you've been able to make your freelancing career work. Let me know the things you wish that you knew before you started. Is there anything I missed? Is there anything you want to hear me talk about? I know I'm a video editor, but I feel like a lot of what I'm saying applies to anybody who's trying to be a freelancer. So keep that in mind. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So thank you all so much for watching or listening. Like I said, I got some affiliate links in the description. If you want to help me and my channel out or my show, watch my movie, Cashing Out, available on Amazon Prime and other places. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Later. Later.